2: You're listening to Kingdom Authority
0: with your host, Dancia J. Morris on Kingdom Empower Incorporated. We're here to educate, motivate, and elevate your mind, body, and spirit. If you have questions or comments or just want to talk to your host, you can call in at 646-668-2413 or listen in online at lambministries.com. And now, here's your host, Dancia J. Morris.
3: Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining Kingdom Authority. I am your host, Dancia J. Morris. So glad you could join us on this wonderful afternoon or evening, depending on where you are in the world country. It could be even morning. So thank you so much for Thank you so much for joining on tonight. I am ecstatic about tonight because we are taking dominion in the land, operating our territory with authority when it comes to real estate ownership, and I am excited about the two guests we have on tonight. I'm not going to take a whole lot of time, but I thank you so much for joining in every Sunday. You all are tapping in and you're still growing throughout the week, and I thank you for your responses, your feedback, I do take into consideration, and so this is one of those that we're taking into consideration and we're doing something on home ownership, property ownership. So this is the time that I want you to just sit back, listen, you're going to need your paper and pen, and then I want you to follow up with these guests um, when you're prepared and ready to have some discussion regarding home ownership. I know that you won't be disappointed. I know both of these um, people, and I tell you, they operate in integrity and I appreciate them for that. Otherwise, y'all know I wouldn't have asked them to come on. I just don't operate that way. So thank you again for joining Kingdom Authority Broadcast. I'm just going to pray, and we're going to get right into today's broadcast. Father, I thank you. I truly do bless you, and I praise you. Thank you, oh God, for being our protector. You, you really do provide for us, even when we sometimes don't deserve it or or God, we don't we don't have the means. So I appreciate for what you have done just in the last year in the way of finances in my life. I'm just ecstatic about what you're doing. So God, I want to share with others, and I I thank you for these two, um, these two people, Lord, that are operating with authority in their territory to help others, Father. And I pray growth, um, ex, um, exponential growth for them as a result of them sharing their time for others, and with others. I appreciate the fact that you are doing great things in their lives, and I appreciate the fact that they take this time to share. Father, I for being God, and you are God alone. I know there's no one else but you that has supreme dominion in the earth, and you've given us dominion. You told us to walk it out. And so we're going to walk these things out. So, Lord, as people come on and we share, I pray that they will hear, their ears will be inclined to hear the words, and hear the message that um, they're sending. And I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, I will even grow from this time. I appreciate the fact that you still love us and you care for us as we celebrate Palm Sunday on today. Lord, we can't forget who you are, what you have done for us. It's because of you that we have this, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so let's just get right into it. Today, I'm going to introduce I'm going to introduce the guests. Actually, I'm going to bring them on and have them introduce themselves. I am excited about this particular broadcast because every time I get an email or hear something from them, I'm still growing and learning, and this is my opportunity to really tell them that what they're doing is not in vain, what they send out is not in vain. And so I want to share that to you all, the world. I do know that some of this may not apply to you because you're in different countries. However, take some of these tips. Um, All of it may not apply to you, but take some of these tips and help yourself, especially if you come to the United States and especially if you're in the United States. Thank you so much for sharing. I see you, Ghana, coming on. I appreciate you. Um, I want to bring on um, first a young lady who has been tremendously important to me, just not in real estate, but um, in other areas of my ministry. So, I want to bring on Miss Michelle Ihigbaro, e. and I always mess this up. So, Michelle, I am so sorry, but I want to make sure you come on. I want to make sure you come on. Can you just introduce yourself to the world?
4: Hi, my name is Michelle Ihigbaro, e. and I am a realtor
3: with Remax Results.
4: Um. I I do I do remember meeting you a long time ago and it was super important to me because I I had heard <laughs> of you before I had met you. So when you and I had the opportunity to work together that that was just amazing to me.
3: Oh, bless you, dear. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm honored that you are on. So, you said you're a realtor. So, how long have you been doing this? So
4: I am in my second year. Um, I'm in my early 40s, and I feel like if I would have gone into this into my 20s or my 30s, I wouldn't have been – I would not have been ready to to be of service, like I need to be of service to be in this industry. So I'm I'm kind of glad that I am a late bloomer because it allows me to to have better – work ethic and better time management skills and, and more patience with clients. And, and it helps me come mm. from a, a position of servitude and uh, it allows me to guide them, advise them, and, and walk, in through, walk them through the home buying process with a lot more patience than I would have um, if I was younger coming in.
3: I understand because I'm just now understanding the service I provide in insurance. And so I get it. And I can, But I went in almost 17 years ago, and now I'm just now understanding how I can really impact the lives of people through insurance. So I, I get exactly what you're talking about. Tell us a little bit about your brief journey to your current service and why it's important to others.
4: So um, in my earlier years, I was in the military. And then when I left the military, I went into retail. Um, one of the most inspiring people in my life was my aunt. And she was a beautician for as long as I can remember. Uh, her beauty shop was my daycare every day after school till I was 18. And then while she was um, a beautician, she also went and got to, went to school and got her master's in education. So learning just how, how she would teach the children was always amazing. But because I have four daughters of my own, I didn't want to become a teacher, but I wanted to teach. Um, At some point, like I wanted to do psychology, so I wanted to listen to people and advise them. I also love photography and videography. And when I thought about this industry, I was able to figure out how I can plug all of the loves of my life really into one industry and I always talk about the ladies at the shop and at the salon and at the, you know, and I think that I have a passion for other people in the industry of service um, because of just the mentorship that my aunt had with me. So it's it's all of my loves just all put together as one is how I describe it.
3: Wow. I love that. I, w- I love that. So um, I thank you for sharing that. I want to switch over and, because I want to get into some more discussion about things, uh, let's um, let's have Mr. Ernest Jones, and I have to say this, Junior, come on at this time. And <laughs> Mr. <laughs> I love saying that you have no idea. Mr. Ernest Jones Jr. is here on the line, and he's been instrumental in my life in purchasing. Um, you guys know I'm transparent in purchasing a home for me in the past and helping me get out of that situation and then also current home. So I am very excited about you being on. I still follow your your emails that you send out, and it's appreciated, appreciated I'm telling you. So, Mr. Jones, what is it that you do?
0: Hello, Mrs. Jones-Moyers. It's just a privilege, and thank you for having me on. When you sent me the email, I was like, wow, let me go do this. This is the first time. And I'm a mortgage lender, and some people would say a mortgage broker or a mortgage banker, but we all do the same thing. We serve the public and help them acquire properties, whether it's investment properties, residential properties. i just tell you a little about myself. I try to be brief. I'm older than you guys, so, you know, I always <laughs> have a tendency to get long-winded sometimes. So if I go too long, just cut me off. <laughs> but I'm from Alabama. You can probably pick up my accent. And I graduated from University of Alabama in 1980. I served 21 years in U.S. Air Force, retired in 2001. I have a business degree from U.S. Alabama. I have a master's from Air Force Institution Technology in Production Management. I never used any of those things when I was in the military without operations most of my career. When I retired in 2001, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I wanted to take my education and go back and find a way I could continue to serve my community Mm. and just the individuals around me. So I I started out with security license and insurance license, and you alluded Mm. earlier to the importance of insurance. And insurance is something that you you just can't place enough emphasis on. It's one of those things that... You really hate to pay for it, but when you need it, man, you're glad you did. Right. And I've always Mm -hmm. encouraged people to take. It's one of the last ways you can take care of your family if you don't meet your goals in life because you know you have a vehicle behind you to make sure that they can continue to go on when you leave. Well, I spent a year in that industry, and I learned about the mortgage industry. And the mortgage industry is interesting because – I was able to take all of the things I had learned and kind of put it in just one bucket where I could go out and help and share with people. And one of my goals is to share accurate and reliable information. What I yeah. find is that a lot of a lot of individuals just don't get the honest truth about what's going on in the marketplace. Mm. So, therefore, they can't make informed decisions. Mm-mm. So, mm. once I got involved, I affiliated myself with, other professionals. Uh, Currently, I'm the state president for the mortgage professionals here in Arizona, and I got an opportunity to hang around with the people who knew about the industry because I was new to it in 2002. What I've done is I've invested myself. I've bought properties. I've lost on properties. I've learned from mistakes I made, and one of my primary goals now is to share with others some of the mistakes I made so they don't fall into the same that I fell into, but what I've found is that most people, it's a failure to plan, and mm. the failure to plan comes from just mm. having the information mm. to do what I, they
2: I, want I, to I'm, do. I'm, I'm so with you. Yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> I, what, I, what
0: I what I like about this opportunity is is reaching out, giving before people need in most cases. And I think we should we should treat our finances like we treat our health, if you take care of yourself, like you treat your car, if you do that. You need to have periodic checkups, okay? And and the process of doing what I've, what I've learned over the years is that the only way we do it is that we reach out and give it to people. So my primary goal now is to give back as much as I can in the capacity that I serve. Uh, I have a fraternity, Omega Psi Phi, we do it. I have other organizations. So I've had the opportunity to buy homes, primary residence, investment properties. I work with a group of realtors who I try to provide education to so that they know how to engage with individuals and how to share with them when they meet them. So as we speak, I just share other things that I'm doing, but I'll stop right there as to what I do. So I just try very hard to give back because it actually makes you feel good to see people benefit Mm -hmm from things you've learned or mistakes you made.
3: And that's what I love about both of you. You both are have been transparent me enough to help me in that. So Michelle, there was something you wanted to say while he was talking about that.
4: It's the planning. It's the planning and I want to commend you for knowing that a lender and an agent, a realtor needs to be live here with you now together the, the 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 partnership between the realtor and the lender is so important it's pretty much a threesome it's the lender the agent and the client like those three need to communicate and plan 6 9 12 18 24 months out from you if, if you're thinking about buying next year you should already be partnered up with the realtor and the lender the first thing that I'm going to do is partner you up with the lender. That's my first step. Until the finances are right, there's really no, no business even having a conversation with me. You know, so, so the realtor's job is to send the client to the lender immediately, immediately. Because if there's something wrong with the money situation, there's planning. There's planning that needs to happen. I like to see, I like to call the mortgage brokerage and the mortgage lenders financial planners and financial advisors. Because once they assess your financial situation, they will give you a roadmap from A to Z. I'm somewhere in that roadmap. But until those finances are right, which takes planning,
3: you can't do anything. That's powerful. How do you feel about that, um, Mr. Jones?
0: Well, she's right on point. And what happens a lot of times is I use a lot of Southern analogies. I I ask people sometimes, if you're going to Paris, would you buy your airline ticket at the airport or before you get there? You know, if you want to to become any type of professional, be it a doctor, be a lawyer, you have to plan your curriculum out. You have to get into a school, get your education. You don't just wake up one yes. day and do it. And what yeah. happens when I, sit down, when I sit down with people, I alluded to earlier that I had done securities and insurance. and I did some family planning also. And what you will find, a lot of people can qualify for a home, but they may not be able to afford that home. And mm. what I mean by that, I mean by that is they may have a family member who they're helping out which doesn't show up in their income. They may have a child in a special education program, which doesn't show up in their income. There's a lot of things that so people get caught up in that sometimes because they're so eager to get into the home. And one thing that I say that people are surprised buy a lot is that it's not always the right time for you to buy. You yes. know, sometimes you need to be patient and wait it out and come up with a plan versus, wanting to do what everybody else is doing or because the economy is great or the interest rates are great, that doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. great for you at that time. And some mm-hmm. people have a hard time with that. But that is why I try to give accurate and reliable information as to let's look at your personal situation and not com- compare you to what your cousin may have done or a relative or a co Yes.
2: Yeah. Right. That totally agree. So I'm
0: going to tell
3: you just that information right there is so powerful. I'm getting texts already and saying, "This is the truth. I wish I had known this before." And so already the information is hitting people. I want you guys to know that. <laughs> this is great. Um so what first of all, some people don't even understand. And so I have a ministry that that touches the lives of millennials. Um and so some of them don't even understand it. Matter of fact, Fox News wrote something out, I think it was 2018 I saw this, and there's a lot of millennials, about a year ago, yeah, millennials don't even see that they can purchase a home or own a home, especially on the East Coast where and in California where, of course, um, property is so sky high, because they have college debt um, from school loans and so forth, they don't even see that it's possible. So let's backtrack a little bit and talk about what is real estate or real estate property ownership.
0: Okay. Um, Michelle, i jump on that unless Michelle wants
4: to. You know, I think I. it's different things for different people. Like, for example, I have a client that is working on home ownership, but her, son is also thinking about owning a home. So what I'm explaining to them, for example, is, you know, she can purchase her home and in a few years we can plan, we can start planning his roadmap to home ownership now so that in two years he's ready. But on, I almost like dropped the hint too, like he can buy a townhouse or a condo or something that he can turn into income property later. And then once he has a family, once he has a wife, we keep that first property for him as residual income, and then we're buying a home for him. So, so it's a process. Some people see real estate as an investment. Some people see real estate as home ownership. Um, it has it's different meanings. I mean, I've even learned that uh, real estate agents don't become rich off of just selling real estate. It's the money that – it's what you do with the money that comes in with that. So it can be an investment for a family, but it can also be an investment if you're in a whole other industry. You can be, you can own a home and live in a home, and own six or seven other properties. You know, that so there's there's so many different meanings and wow. uh, to real estate. But I would love to, um, for Mr. Jones to hit the lending side of that and the equity side of that and how that helps um, people just build equity and, 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 and build credit history. Like real estate is really important. It's a great investment opportunity in the right situation.
0: Okay, okay. and I try not to be too long-winded on this because the first thing I like to ask the client or customer is, why are you buying?
2: Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. that
0: may sound like a very fundamental question. Some people, I'm buying because mm-hmm. I want to, you use a home as an investment, okay? I'm buying because I want my family to live in a safe environment where we can raise them. Some people said I'm buying because I'm just tired of paying rent. So I said let's ex- mm-hmm. examine why you're buying, okay? The real estate industry itself, and I have a little different views because I've been inside of it. I've, uh, like I said earlier, I lost on buying properties. I've learned things. Real estate, in my opinion, unless you get a great deal on a purchase, you make the money when you buy, okay? Now, you can buy property that appreciate, but if you understand the rule of 72, which is a financial uh, competition, competition, uh, competition that tells you how money doubles, real estate itself has to be held for a while if you're going to flip it and make money on it unless you get a good deal when you purchase it. From an investment yes. perspective, okay. Now, if you're moving into it for your family, you plan it long term. But I tell individuals what a, a mortgage is the most expensive debt you're going to incur in your whole life, unless you're rich and go buy an airplane or an island or a boat or something. So you need to take some time and say, why am I making this purchase? Also, our society has taught us that home ownership is quite. I reached it, okay. And as I've gotten older, home ownership does not mean you reached it. What means you reached it? When you get older, do you have some income coming in that you don't have to go out and get? Okay, do that, Mm -hmm. do investment. That's
3: right. I think home
0: ownership should be part of a portfolio, but you need to learn how money works. And the Rule of 72 is a great place to start. Now, you said something earlier about purchasing homes. There are programs out there because we don't get to share with people, that help individuals buy homes. They can earn up to $90,000 a year, and there's programs out there in Arizona where you can get all your down payment, all your clothing costs paid for. Now, most people don't know this because why? I don't know that maybe they just don't take the time to do research, or like Michelle said earlier, they didn't go talk to a lender right away. Now, social media gives you a lot, but it just doesn't really keep you in tune with what's actually out there. So I tell people when I first start a presentation is that you're not, when someone, have you ever been in a meeting and somebody said, raise your hand if you're a homeowner and you got a 30-year mortgage <laughs> or a 20-year mortgage, you raise your hand. You're not a homeowner. Mm-hmm. You're a mortgage holder. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not a homeowner until you don't have to send a payment in to somebody and your home won't be taken. So the psychology of it makes us feel good that we got a mortgage, but we said what's the plan to get rid of that mortgage so you actually do become a homeowner? Because up until that point you're a mortgage holder. And I think what we have to look at is that not everybody That's needs good. to be a homeowner. Because That's what comes good. with home ownership is responsibility. Can you a keep lot. the home it's like right, can you keep the home in conditions where it doesn't have deferred maintenance? Can you pay for the things you need? You know, what community you in? It's just so many things goes into it. And most people, when I sit down with them the first time, I say, this might be a two-hour two hour exchange if you're willing to do that.
2: But yeah. some people
0: just want to get in and get out. And that's kind of what the millennials do sometimes because we live more in a microwave society. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they say, hey, I'm ready to get in there, get it done. And they don't want to slow cook it. So you have to roll with what the clients want and offer as much as you can give them. But I think the most important thing is that why are you buying? One thing Michelle alluded to is most people don't have the patience to buy their first home below what they want to live in because they got out of college Mm. they finished whatever. Now they want to live in this beautiful home where now all of the income is tied up. School loans, the last thing I'm going to say before I be quiet on this is that the way school <laughs> loans are addressed now is different from the way they were addressed three years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. The government got smart on it. Now school loans have to count on, in most cases, against your debt-to-income ratio. In the How past, that? if the school loans were in, for, in forbearance, if you were paying minimum payments, but uh, each, each uh, GSE and those are government-sponsored entities, have a different approach to it. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, USDA. So each so now the first thing I ask the client, do you have any school loans? Because if you owe fifty thousand dollars in school loans on the FHA loan, you're almost gonna be hit with a five hundred dollar payment against your debt to income ratio. So it's a lot of the things that you have to know. That's why it's so important, like Michelle said, to get back and talk to the lender before you go saying, I want a home.
4: And you can't even tell them debt-to-income ratio because they're like, what? What does that mean? Even when I came exactly. into real estate, I didn't understand what that meant. So this is where the lesson and the planning comes in. And then, you know, come talk to me so we can break this down. And come talk to me so I can send you to the lender, and the lender can explain to you what your current debt to your current income Ratio means because then, based off of those two numbers, is the number that he's coming up with where you qualify. For example, they like say you've pre qualified for a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. You start looking at some of these hundred and fifty thousand dollar homes, you're like, Well, I don't want to live there. Well, that means we need to work on your debt and we need to work on your income, and that's then where you're not buying for another 12 to 18 to 24 months. That's where the planning comes in. The chances of someone coming up to me and saying, "Oh my God, I'm ready to buy a home." No, no. Well, hold on. Let the lender tell you you're ready. you, you don't. You really don't know if you are until you talk to the lender. I, that's my opinion, honestly. And you know, forgive me for jumping in there.
1: <laughs> and, and, and Michelle, no, I can hear Michelle the <laughs> is correct
0: on that. And Michelle is correct. Cause I tell individuals sometimes, I look over my life a year in the big scheme of life, if you live to a certain age, doesn't make a big difference. But it sure could mess up the rest of your life financially if you make a premature decision. Mm. You
1: know, and so yeah. it's, it's
0: sometimes, sometimes it's hard to convey that to people because people are ready to go now, you know. And, and one mm. thing is, is that you can't, you can't buy when you can't buy, regardless of what the interest rates are, regardless of what the market is doing you have to you have to buy when you are qualified and when you're ready. You know, so those are some of the things I think that and it's just not going out there doing it, it's going through a process and I think what gives us value is that if I can work with a client from say today and in six months call the realtor, be it Michelle or be it whomever and say, Hey, this person is ready to go now.
2: Yeah. And yes. And that's where we that's add value works. to
0: that person's life because Right. Ms. Jones, I, Amaris, I want to say one thing that we haven't touched on yet. And in this whole process, the one thing that drives everything is credit. Okay? As yes. you know, mm-hmm. homeowner, homeowner insurance is higher when you got bad credit. Car insurance is higher when you got bad That's credit. Right. Your, mortgage, your mortgage pricing is by, by, worse when you have bad credit. Your revolving debt is worse when you have bad credit. So, when I alluded earlier to having a checkup, you got to have your credit correct because it impacts so many areas of your life. And sitting down with a lender, that's one thing you can focus on. That's probably the first thing you look at. Know what's your credit history and what's your credit situation? Know how do you eliminate debt? And we don't focus enough on that because a lot of times people make money to pay their bills, but they don't look at how their credit can impact when they're going out making financial decisions until they're wow. ready to do this. Yes.
3: And can we touch on that, the financial decisions? Because I know that you have coached me through certain things and asked me about certain things that have, that I've also lost property, also made some financial decisions that I should have made kind of talk about that a little bit certain financial decisions that impact um first of all credit and then the mm-hmm. debt debt ratio because a lot of people don't understand debt ratio
0: okay i'm, I'm going to go a little okay. into yeah i'm going to go a little into what you do now when i did family planning and i still use this when i sit down with clients if person a walked into my house and said they want to buy a $250,000 house and he's married and got one child and no children are married. I said, How much life insurance do you have? Now, most, most mm. I feel most lenders won't ask this question. But I've I been there and had a t shirt. And they said, Well, none. I said, Well, why don't you folks, so what if you buy this house and God forbid something happens to you tomorrow, an accident, uh, get hit by a bus? I said that jokingly. Can your family stay in that house? Mm, mm. You
2: know, oh.
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, we don't, I only have 50000 Okay, so that's why don't good. you first wrap a fence around your family and protect your family? That's who you say you love most or what you mm-hmm. love most. So I look, so, that's, so that's 50 to $75 and depending on the age of the client. It could be 100 depending on how much mm-hmm. coverage they want. That comes out that mm-hmm. doesn't show up in that debt-to-income ratio, but it's something mm. that they're protecting their family. And I think when you say the finance side of it is you have to look at it, you have to equally distribute your income because companies are no longer giving you retirement like they used to. Uh, if you're self-employed, true. you need to be putting away 20%, 25%. Most people ain't doing at least 15% of your income toward retirement. So you're not putting it all into a house. So that might mean you stay put for another 18 months till you make more income. There's so many aspects yeah. of it. Where most brokers, most lenders, don't get into that side of it because, and I'm not criticizing them, it's just that they haven't maybe looked at it from that perspective. It's saying, how do I make sure I give this person what I call a whole person concept? And Michelle mentioned she had been in the military. I was in the Air Force. And when we evaluate people, we say, look at the whole person concept. Yep.
2: Mm -hmm. And that
0: means you look at every aspect of their finances to the degree that you can or you refer them out to somebody, but I can ask fundamental questions. So from a finance hmm. standpoint, it's very, I held a conversation for one hour with uh, someone this past Friday, and I won't use the name, but uh, Ms. Jones, you know, uh, Morris, you know, know the individual. And I just kind of said, look, and they, it, was, it was amazing because that person took an hour on a Friday night from 10 to 11. I'm sitting hmm. on I was doing anything. And we talked an hour about finance about what they should buy, what they should should do, how to handle school loans, whether to pay off a car early. Uh, Did they understand the rule of 78, which pertains sometimes to paying off vehicles? And I get excited about this stuff because, you know, I'm no smarter than the next Joe Blow. I just kind of fell into a situation where I had a chance to learn about securities and insurance and investments and all that stuff. So I put all that into my package, my decision making. And what I found out the socioeconomic level of that individual doesn't have a great impact on how much they know about money. Mm-hmm. So if you take, enge- you take an engineer who go to school to get a degree, he's focused on engineering or she's focused on engineering. They may not have any idea mm-hmm. about the home buying process. Now they can read and whatever, but some of the things we're discussing here now, they don't incorporate that into their everyday life. That's why they go to experts like Michelle, or myself, or whomever. It's like going to the dentist to get your teeth checked out. You don't try to learn how to clean your own teeth, you know. So with the finances side of it, that's what individuals have to do. They have to be willing to say, "Let me take the time and go learn how should I have my finances distributed in order to, to even go buy a house." Because you want to put everything into a house because you don't never know what the economy is going to do. So now you have all your policies. So,
4: those analogies that you use are great because it, it, it even clicks in my head. I'm in the industry, and when you say it, it still clicks in my head. Like I would not go clean my own teeth. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> I have to go to the dentist or to the dental hygienist or, you know, I uh-huh. would not buy a place to Paris. That would not be the first thing that I'm doing. I'm looking at where uh-huh. I would want to visit, how much would this be? Like there's there's education that comes before Every single decision you make, especially with the biggest financial investment that you are making in your life,
3: correct. No, that is such a true statement. I'm telling you. Um, so I'm taking notes even while you guys are talking. Some of it's just a reminder for me, and then then I'm learning some new things. So um, you guys have shared several tips. What other tips can you provide that will help? those who are purchasing. I kind of want to shift to the, the actual process of finding the home and also purchasing the home, Michelle. So
4: the first step for me is when someone reaches out to me, it's really hard because I have to establish trust with them. I have to let them know mm. that I'm here to just advise them and guide them and provide them with just a little bit of education when I first went into the industry, um, I was told immediately that I need to send them to the lender. And though I was doing what I was told, clients are not receptive to that because the lending part and mm-hmm. that financial conversation is very, very difficult. And more than um, more times, often than not, it's it's not a conversation that people want to have. They don't want to talk to the lender. They don't want to talk about their finances. They certainly do not want to talk about their debt. So some people are. I have to establish trust with that client first. If they're willing to trust me, then they'll understand that I am guiding them to the steps
3: of home ownership. And um, so can I just can I just put a pause right there because I will tell you, and I'm going to say it this way, and especially in the African American community, um, and, you know, I've had to, hmm, how, how do I say this, I've had to um, change my ways of thinking and sharing that information because, after all, no one's perfect in their, in their <laughs> financial decisions, and if they are, I want to meet mm-hmm. this person because I haven't met a millionaire. Yeah. I haven't met, I've met million, millionaires. I've met a lot of them, and they talk about their failures. So I haven't met anyone that has, um, that's solid in their financial status, I'll say it that way, that hasn't made, you know, some mistakes. So how do we develop that trust, especially in the African-American community?
4: Um, So for me, I develop that trust by um, doing what I say I'm going to do. If I say I'm going to email you this day, I email you that day. If I tell you I'm going to call you at 6, I will call you at 555. If I tell you let's meet for coffee, like oh, oh, the only way I can establish trust is by, is by pretty much keeping my promises. The other thing that I do also is uh, we work closely with a title company, and they provide us with these buyer binders. The buyer binder consists of the steps of the home buying process, and in the back of the binder. It, it has a sample purchase contract. Now, that's something that I am giving to my client or offering my client that's of value. So it's pretty much I have to keep giving and giving and giving and giving just so that they can see that I am the expert, you know, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. and I am the one that can advise them, and I am the one that can mm-hmm. guide them. I have a thousand people in my database right now that are not ready to talk to a lender, you know, but they're looking. Wow. I see them looking at the website. I see them looking at property. And the way that my system works is I log into my system and I can see who looked at property two minutes ago. My immediate thing is, oh, you know, glad. I'm glad you looked at property. Did you like it? And I'll try it. I'll try and get until they feel like they need something. They are unresponsive. I can call these clients wow. that logged into my
2: website mm-hmm.
4: and they hang up on me. No, I was just looking and click. I mean, the respect, it's crazy because they will hang up on me. And I'm not even trying to sell them anything, but, but they, they think I'm trying to sell them a house, obviously, but I'm not. I'm just okay. trying to be of service. I'll send them messages like, you know, I know you're just looking, but please, whenever you have a question, just let me know. Just reach out. You can text me. You can call me. You can email me. Whatever is easiest for you. Like, I, I, I put myself wow. out there and I try to. Of service. And then when I do get to talk to them, I tr- a lot of realtors will not take a client to a property if they have not been pre-qualified. I'm not like that. I need that first face-to-face with them so that they can look at me in my eyes and I can give them their buyer binder and I can let them know that I'm here of service for you and then let you know, mm. look, you know, really a lot of a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of realtors won't even bring you off to this property, but I am going to bring you out because I know that, you know, sometimes they want to see the first house so they can, you know, get their feet wet and get excited. Like, I'm willing to do that. And a lot of agents, so my first deal went exactly like that. My team leader always said, give them a little bit of homework. You do a little bit, and then you give them a little bit of homework. They complete their homework assignment, that means they're ready. So my first deal, I met this lady out at a property, and I explained to her, you know, other agents won't come out here, but I wanted to have the space to face with you. And she said, okay, so what's next? I said, really? I said, what's next is I need you to talk to the lender. I need you to know how much buying power you have. I need them to assess your financial situation, and then he's going to tell you how much home you can afford. And then I'll set up your search because I don't want to send someone three hundred thousand dollar properties and they got prequalified for one hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> you know, right? So that's a big that's a big thing. And then another important thing too is, let's say you got prequalified for two hundred thousand. That doesn't mean you need to go buy a two hundred thousand dollar house. You know, because right. then, <laughs> it, 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 just because that's what you got prequalified, you know, it's like getting a prequalified for a thirty thousand dollar credit card. Should <laughs> you go? Did you go spend those thirty thousand dollars? No. So it's it's that's why I say it's a beautiful marriage between the lender, the client, and and the realtor. So the lady, once I told her she had to talk to a lender, I said to her, I said, I'm going to send you the lender's information. Please call him when you're ready. And whenever you talk to him, call me and let me know. So a, a day later, the lender called me and said such and such got pre-qualified and they allowed me to advise them and guide them through the home buying process and that's how my first deal went you know and wow. and, and i wish mm-hmm. they were kind of all like that even um when people are on my website like i'll i'll message them like non invasively like you know oh so what 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 are your requirements are you looking for a two bedroom a three bedroom what kind of budget would you like me to keep you within like none of it is um, let's talk to the lender, uh, uh, let me show you a house, let me, like, I'm not trying to intrude. I want to bother them enough where they know that I'm here, but not enough where they think I'm a pest. And there's a delicate balance with that, with everyone. So it's it's about being the person that's front of mind the moment that they're ready. I've I've had people on my website for the past year and a half that I have not even had a conversation with, but I see them on my website wow. looking at property. Yeah, it's 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 not easy. This industry, it's 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 not easy. And what I try and explain to them too, which I'm sure that Mr. Jones can agree with, is what I like to do is let's say if they're they've been pre-qualified for two hundred thousand dollars, and they see a home they like, let's say the home is one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, I want to know what they're comfortable with their mortgage payment being. And what I do is I send that property to the lender, and the lender draws up the numbers for that specific property and shows the client what their mortgage is going to look like. Because it's important. It's important for them to, to, to understand what those numbers mean and how those numbers are going to financially affect their life. I have a lady that's only pre-qualified for $90,000. And she gets frustrated with me because I have not taken her out to, quote, unquote, look at property. Because I don't want to take you to go see a house that you financially cannot afford. So every time she sends me a piece of property that she thinks that she likes, I send that property to the lender. Can such and such
3: afford this house?
4: Oh, home? wow. The answer mm-hmm. sometimes is no, because there's HOA, there's insurance, there's mortgage. there's 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 so many factors. Why... Again I'll take you to the home so we can have the face to face but if i'm not gonna i'm not gonna show you a house that you realistically can't have like it <laughs> it it's, I mean, it's that that's that's what it's about for me my my goal right now is just to keep with my social media keep talking to people keep having conversations, and at some point, I will be the one that they trust Wow, and I know that was a lie okay. and 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 and, and when- it's it's passion. It's pure passion. I think some clients think that I'm angry with them. But it's it's pure pa just let me have a conversation with you without just just I, I'll I'm here to help you. I don't get anything. I I'm I'm here to help you. And and you know what's even more difficult is that buyers don't understand that the seller is the one that pays my commission. You know? So first of all, the buyer is not even asking me how much am I paying you. That's not even a conversation that's had. So for I, I need this. I need the buyer to even understand that you're technically not even paying for me to be. Even when you buy your house, you're not paying my commission.
2: <laughs>
4: and I don't you, having the chance to tell him that is great. But but my commission is not a conversation I want to have with them out front either. It's it's a delicate dance. Right. It's such a delicate delicate dance.
0: Mrs. Morris, what were you going to say about this? Yeah, go
2: ahead. Mm
0: -hmm. The question you would ask uh, that I want to go back to is: How do we? How do I develop trust and value with the clients? Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: Mhm. And how do
0: we? I think you say it. We is one way. Is what you're doing now, okay? Where they hear information, and they may hear something about. What I said, what you said, what Michelle said—that that they can connect to. People often like to find something a common ground they can come to you on about an experience. For example, she says mm-hmm. she's military, she's a female, she's in the industry, uh, she's building her own business. It may be a half dollar out there. So, wow, I can connect to her because she's out there doing the same things I'm doing. Uh, the way mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. View, uh, historically where I've historically built mine, and I didn't plan it this way, but something that Michelle said without, she may realize she said, it's just being of service, servicing people. You know, if it goes not from a biblical standpoint, look at it, if you're providing service to people, people normally are going to attach value to you. And I also try mm-hmm. to That's true. Uh, gain, I also gain value with people by being educated, educated about my industry educated a little bit about insurance because I've had insurance license. Educated about the real estate. I've had real estate license. I've sold homes. I've flipped homes. I've helped people get out of them. I've helped people save them. When I talk to someone, I say, any aspect of the residential investment market, if you got a family member struggling with their home, if you have a family member thinking about buying whatever, I say, I'm here to provide a service. Something Michelle said earlier, too, is when I get a client, and they, I said, what type of property are you looking for? If they say a condo or a townhouse, I said, okay, let's talk about condos. Condos typically have uh, HOA fees that's going to eat up how much house you can buy. And I give them some numbers. Yep. I say, for example, if your condo fee is $150, for every 25 to 30 bucks you spend on that HOA fee, you lose that uh, $5,000 more house you can buy.
1: Wow. 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 wow.
0: So wow, I might not want to do a condo. Now, on top of that, condos come with other finance requirements. You may want to consider townhouse. Most condos are going to be where you have one or two stories. I said, so let's talk about: you want to buy more home, or do you want to be in a community where you pay an HOA, where you may not get may not get the value out of it, or do you want to be buy enough home for your family? So it. it, it There's a lot of variables that go into that. So also associating yourself with organizations that you are passionate about providing a service to because if someone sees you doing something, uh, and a lot of mine happened by mistake. I didn't sit down. A lot of people planned it out. I know a lot of professional associates who joined the uh, realtor association so they can meet a realtor, and that realtor can bring them business. I do it as I go. I would work with any realtor that I come in contact with, but the realtors who I work closely with are people I like and trust. Now, I'm blessed to be able to okay. do that because so mm-hmm. I get a military retirement. So every time I sit down with a client, I don't have to close the client because I mm-hmm. know that the service I'm providing to a client is the same thing I would give my brother, my sister, my mom. Mm-hmm. I feel be passionate mm-hmm. because when you run into that next person, I want them to say, Oh, you work with Ernest Jones? Junior, they're going to say, yes, it is. You know, man, he was really fair. He gave me some valuable information. Also, through my warm market, I reach out to my one market. As you know, if you recommend me to somebody, you've already told that person to earnestly do it to go. Okay? Now, all mm-hmm. I have to not do is mess it up because you've already put me in positions to be, uh, succeed with that person. So, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. when, a realtor, yeah, when a realtor sends me, how do I build trust? Now, one thing I do that Michelle said, uh, I do it as a lender also, is I tell the potential buyer, when you find a property, text it to me, and I yep. will look up the property, and I will look at the price, I will look at the insurance, I will look at the HOA, and i tell you before you even tell a realtor whether you can afford it. Now, the realtor yep. may not know I'm doing this, so a lot of times I, I stay in my lane for so the earnings I found too. Now, I say, don't send me 10. Only send me ones you're serious about, okay, because I might look up 10. But I look up two or three here, one or two there. So I create some value because a realtor, I went to a presentation, and realtors are very seldom sued. That's because clients like them. But when I call a client, wow. most of the time I'm asking them, how much money you make? What's your credit score? How come you put this in the bank? Where did this come from? So I'm just getting, I'm financially undressing them. So mm-hmm. my relationship with them, I'm writing letters of explanation with them why you missed this payment, why that happened. So I have to go down a, a little different avenue. And what you said earlier is so true about the African-American community. And with reason, you know, we can rationalize as to why this is true. Right, We're probably mm-hmm. one of the most non-trusting communities. Now, okay. I already know what most people got in the bank because I know the numbers. Okay. Most of us can get, we know, if you know the numbers, you know the numbers. Numbers don't lie to you. But what happens is Mm -hmm. that our community sometimes is reluctant to share with other people in our community because we'll fear how we would look. And in that fear, we tend not to be willing to sit down with another African American member. But what I've been fortunate to do over the years is that I tell people, look, I can't stay in business telling people your business. Yes. Okay. Wow, that's yes. good. Yes. Okay, so yes. I said what I do we I say, you now I can give you I can give you se- I can give you several people who are, uh who can vouch for me or who can be referred. Now, I may use your name, Mr. Jones Morris. I'm just saying and then once mm-hmm. they talk to those yep. individuals, Oh, yeah I work with Ernest and I went to an event last night and I was talking to a young lady and she brought up a gentleman's name who works and I never knew she knew him. But I've helped him buy two or three homes. They have to buy her home, and they have a relationship. And she brought it. Out. She said, "You know him, oh yes." So it's just that I don't share other people's personal information yes. with other people, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And for
0: some reason, for some reason, that's the conclusion. That's what our community worries most about. Okay, when, mm-hmm. when you said that earlier, I think that is it, and that's a hard hurdle to get over until you build enough relationships for people to know that. And the last Correct. thing you say, I want to add to that, is I do, I'm willing to speak to small groups. And I'm going to share something. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't throw this out there, but you remember, you know how Mary Kay and Tupperware and all those people build business? They ask for referrals. And they say, okay, can I come to your house and talk to you? Will you share my name and number with person? But for some reason, we would not share that we got good financial advice from somebody. Oh, this person helped me buy my home. I couldn't have overcome this objective. So what happened, the information Mm -hmm. goes unknown to people who need help. So what I try to do is have sometimes forums where they can come and ask questions in general and hear testimony. And then when they can hear that type of information, be it if a realtor tells me i got two people that want to buy three, that's okay bring them to the office. I have a presentation that I do, and I talk about it from the beginning home ownership versus mm-hmm. the mortgage holder. I go through mm-hmm. all the aspects of, of what a mortgage is. So that's how I build it, by just providing service in a nutshell and then letting people see that service is passionate and that you're really concerned about them because this is, I say this to people, people like and trust you, they'll give you a chance even though your product may be inferior. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mm, if, wow. If they like and trust you. Yes. Mhm. That's so, so true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It all boils down to like and trust you. Michelle mm-hmm. alluded to that about meeting them the first time, mm-hmm. and and then after that, do you have anything of value? That's why you see when I send out those emails to people, I tell them to share them because you know I don't. I do care if I work with them, but at the end of the day, I just want them to have the information.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: Because there's, there's no way I yes. can be everywhere okay? So Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. you're going to get was yours. Well, people don't realize you're going to get what's yours and what God's meant for you to have, so you can't try to hold on to stuff and hope that you can just give it to two or three people and get what's yours.
2: Mm -hmm. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, so sharing.
4: Uh, That's what I hear all the time in real estate. The streets are paved with gold and I can sweep up all the gold. There's an, there's there's enough for everyone. And I'm not going to rub exactly. that You know, like, I, I, and you know, he was talking about pretty much what I call a sphere of influence. You know, we're on Facebook with all of the same people. And when I do meet That's people right. or they talk to me about home ownership, I tell them, I said, listen, I know you're friends with such and such, this and this, and I know we run amongst the same circle, but I need you to know that whatever you say to me, will not be sharing with anyone else. Right. You know, and even your financial situation. The lender knows all that, but they don't share that with me. They need to just let me know what the part that I need to know to find you a house. Like, even you, your situation with the lender, I, I I, really don't know the specifics of any of it. The only part that I know is what you share with me, and that's not leaving, that's not coming out of my mind right. to someone Years. Right. So building trust and letting them know that everything they say is in confidence, I, I really, really, really make sure that I get that out. Because like I said, we all run amongst the same group of people. We all know the same people.
3: That's good to know. I'm telling you. Um, I was, and I know that to be true because um, in purchasing this house between um, Mr. Jones and also um, the realtor that I used for this house, they I, what I realized, it's seamless, but at the same time, I can tell that that information isn't shared, not completely. And so it's interesting. I'm like, how is this going to work if they're not sharing information, but there's confidentiality? <laughs> right. And, you know, I just, it's amazing to see, and I have to be honest, I grew up in an era where you don't share all about your stuff. You know, that's how I was right. raised. And <laughs> exactly. so I had to really relinquish some of that, you know, because because I needed to get through this process. And to be honest, um, Mr. Jones works for miracles. <laughs> and I'm grateful. And, you know, there's some things I had to do as well. But people, we can't be, and I'm just talking to the listening audience, we can't be so closed-minded that we, listen, a closed, Hand cannot get anything if it's closed. You can't receive. So you've yeah. got to have at least a portion of that hand open so that you can release some things. And as a result, you're going to get some things back. I'm. I guarantee you all. I guarantee it. I'm getting to the point now that I can start doing some other things financially because I want. To, you know, I want more real um, real estate, but I'm not sure if it's houses or what. And so it's important to follow the plan, and um and it's gonna be a while before I do that. I have to go do financial planning with Mr. Jones first, so um, yeah,' that out there for yes. everyone <laughs> Yes, I'm three years out, so I want to start pretty soon, you know, starting that planning, so yes. it's important for us just to... go ahead, Mr. Jones,
1: yeah, Ms Myers,
0: some you alluded to too that we sometimes. You know, if you're sitting home and you have X amount of $1,000 in your savings account and you have some flat, you have a, need some new tires. Now you feel, okay, honey, let's mm-hmm. go get the tires. But if you don't have any money in your account, right? And you say, well, when can we put it on the credit card? Even if a person is not going to buy a home currently or ever, if they take some of these mm-hmm. principles into consideration, it makes mm-hmm. their whole life less stressful. You know, if they, if they go to church and say they want to put in some tithes, but it's, you know, now we put our stuff situation where we can earmark exactly what we're going to do. In the home purchasing process, if you go through it and you don't buy, you learn a lot of valuable information yes. that you can apply to the rest of your life. Because there's That's nothing true. like knowing where your dollar is going, how much of it is going to go where, and how you protecting your family in the future. And the whole thing is the, the home buying process eats up a lot of your money, but it's a small component of all the other things you got to deal with in life because you have wow. to live somewhere. You know, you got to live somewhere, whether it be in yes. an apartment or whether it be in a house. And one thing I want to emphasize, this is two hours. I'm going to say senior citizen, I'm getting close there now. I'm 60, but, you know,
2: <laughs> if you're at a certain age,
0: okay, if you're at a certain age and you're on a fixed income, it may not be a good idea for you to buy a house. So oh, wow. you need to sit down. You may qualify with a lender, but you, in that case, you need to go get two opinions, even if one is saying buy that's what you want to hear. You might need to go get another one so somebody asks ask you the hard mm-hmm. question. Okay? And Michelle can allude to if you have a home, you know, a homeowner's warranty. Okay, that's great the first year. Somebody else probably paid for mm-hmm. it. But then the next year, mm-hmm. can you afford to pay for it? Because if you can't, when it's time to fix the roof or the A.C. goes out, so unless you buy a new home, a lot of those things going to happen. The house needs painting or uh, the hot water well, true. goes out. Uh, there are so many things that goes into home, I'm going to use the word home ownership, I'm going to say having a mortgage, yes. that you don't think about before you buy. So you might say, you know what, I have this amount of money coming in, and I'm projecting my mortgage payment going to be, uh, say, $1,000, but really, when you add up everything, it'll be around 1500 when you finish with all the appliances, you, not the so you utilities you're paying that you want, not it's so many oh, things true. that people don't go into when they look for homes. And most people don't get educated on that until they've been around a while. That's why I'm glad to hear some of the things from Michelle mm-hmm. for two years. You no, know, obviously she's the the best realtors in my opinion are people who've had life experiences. Okay, one yeah. of my frustrations is there are a lot of realtors out there in all honesty, uh Michelle can't fight yourself out of wet wet paper bag. And the thing is, when you find and they put a negative image on the ones who are out there doing it right, well, on the lender side, it's less people. And you can't stay around long if you ain't closing people loans. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, pretty right. soon the word gets out. And, most, and the lenders are older, too. Now, the lenders right now, the average age in Arizona, is uh, about 51 to 52.
2: Yes. And wow. you don't,
0: Yeah. So you
4: know a lot of us the, have to are the ones that I like to work with because they 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 understand the defined the, the, the younger lenders are are fine, but not i the lenders that I like doing deals with have been in um, the the lending industry or the mortgage industry for, for more than twenty years they understand pieces of it that i don't and because I am new newer in the industry, I need my lender to be Experience. I can't go with someone that's been a loan officer for two, three, four years. There's things they, 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 they haven't experienced in their industry. So that's important.
0: And,
4: the partnership partners with the realtor and the lender is, 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 is so, so important.
0: Right. Another thing on that for those homeowners out there, potential homeowners who are listening, if you go to your credit union or you go to Wells Fargo Bank, and you, they tell you can't buy and you don't qualify, seek out a mortgage broker, a mortgage lender. I'm going to tell you why. Now, mm-hmm. all mortgage brokers and lenders are licensed at the national level and state level, okay? Those individuals that work in the banks and work in the credit unions, they're not licensed, they're registered. Now, they know how to process loans. They know how to do loans. <laughs> they know how to put it in the pipeline but they are limited on to what scope they can go to help you get qualified. They're mm-hmm. limited on what they can tell you when it comes to, well, maybe you need to consider this in your credit and how to do things, because they're pretty much like assembly line people, okay? And they work in, inside an institution that require them to hit so many numbers, so, so, and then they don't have the time for you that a lender or a broker would take for you.
2: Mm-hmm. So if you
0: got if you got great credit, okay, great. You can go send a white flag in the air and get a loan. But if you're an individual mm-hmm. who needs to be worked with, the likelihood of happening in those large institutions are very slim compared to if you sit down with someone that Michelle may refer to you, or if you sit down with someone similar to me, because we build our business different than they do theirs.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And That's something brain real brain...
0: important. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's I, something that I, they I, really need to keep in mind.
2: Yes. You I'm,
4: know,
3: I – um go right ahead, Michelle.
4: I'm sorry. I tell my clients that, too, because they say, well, can I go to the bank? Well, well, you know, the bank closes at 5. What if we find their house at 6 and <laughs> I need to go to the You know, I, I tell them, yeah. you know, my mortgage brokers and my mortgage lenders, they carry their phone on them the same way I do. Mm-hmm. So if I need something from my lender at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock on a Saturday night, your bank is not going to answer the phone, but my lender will. And, that, and that's what I explained to them. I'm in the process right now of doing a loan with the client, um, with someone at a credit union, with a lender at a credit union. And I was super, super, super nervous and super sketchy just because I don't think that they're well-versed, like Mr. Jones says, as a mortgage broker or a mortgage lender is. And then the funny thing is that he pre-qualified my client for a certain amount of money. And then uh, we were trying to get her a better rate. So I sent her to my mortgage broker. Um, My mortgage broker was not able to. Qualified, which I was like, "Oh, so what is going on?" So the credit lender had not taken into consideration her student loans, like Mr. Jones had uh-huh. said earlier.
2: Uh-huh. So
4: the, the, what's ironic about all of this is that she still chose to go with the creditor at the credit union, but he. I needed to grab the verbiage from a mortgage lender to give the lender at a credit union. I said, and then it was FHA. There's the what is it a one one percent of the Yes, one percent
0: of the total balance, right?
4: Yes. So that verbiage that Mister Jones has, and that verbiage that my mortgage lenders have, this. Credit union did not have. I had to literally give him the verbiage to use for him to understand to draw up the right number for my client. My goodness.
2: And and it is
4: and it is it it is it is different when you go to a bank and when you go to a mortgage lender. So I'm hoping, praying still that this loan closes. But the goal now is just to keep her at her debt to income ratio. So for me, the fact that I had to guide him was. And this is where I I've, I've learned more a little bit on the lending side. You know, lenders don't like to speak for realtors and realtors don't like to speak for lenders because I'm I'm not in my lane. But the fact that I had to get the verbiage from the mortgage lender to give to the credit lender at the credit union wow. just blew my mind. Blew my
0: mind. And 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 something you said earlier about trust, what I do now is I have Typically I'm trying to do it twice a month. Uh, at least once, but I have about eight realtors I meet with, and I teach them mm-hmm. those things to make them more effective. Like I send them information. Like I send send them that education. So when they're talking to a realtor, the realtor can say, oh, do you have any school loans? And they, uh, mm-hmm. they say, yeah, well, make sure you emphasize those to whoever you're working with. And then that's, oh, okay, that's important to know. Or if they say, uh, I had a BK derogatory credit, for example. I had a bankruptcy two years ago. Or mm-hmm. I, I give information to my realtors where they know the difference between a Chapter 7, not my realtors, but the realtors I work with, where they know the difference between a Chapter 7 and a Chapter 13. So I give them a little yeah, chart no, and I say, look on here. So now you can know so what you're doing. You're You're not out of your lane, but what you're doing is you're giving that client information that I guarantee you another realtor probably didn't give them because they didn't have.
2: Mm-hmm, Even when mm-hmm. it comes down to
0: how we get paid, you know, how we're compensated. Yeah. I won't go into that right now, but uh, I tell them, I say the compensation prog- uh, programs are different than how realtors work and how mortgage lenders work. You know, who pays us? How do we get paid? So I'm I'm totally transparent with mine because, like I said earlier, I don't fear someone stealing my client if they them, they weren't my client in the beginning.
2: Yes. And if I, me too. if someone
0: come to me and they say, I, Ernest, I can get this over here, I say, you know what? I can't beat that. At the end of the day, when it's that it's many dollars different. Yeah, it's about you and your family. And if it's five or ten dollars or fifteen, they might they're gonna probably stick with it. But I say, Hey, if I was in your situation and I could get a better deal, I would also go with that with that deal versus what I can offer. And just now that person mm-hmm. may be in your referral just from you being honest with them in that case. Yeah. But I like to I like to be able to feel like if anyone stopped me they can say Ernest gave me accurate and reliable information. And that's what yeah. I try to do. I focus on that a lot. The one thing that Michelle said about and don't get us wrong, credit unions, the banks, they can close loans. But here's something else yeah. that people right. don't know. Mortgage brokers and lenders have the option of going to more than just one lender when you go talk to them. If you walk into the credit union, they only have their own portfolio in most cases. If you walk into Wells Fargo or B of A, they can't do the down payment assistance programs that give you the money to pay your closing costs and down payment. Yes. yes. Okay? You I got to go. Closer. Now, there Yeah. So... If you go to, there's certain advantages to working with mortgage brokers. Now, mortgage brokers have some limitation too. Now, I want to clear something up that people get confused on. Mortgage brokers basically go out and they're and they're just that they can broker a loan to whomever they need to get it to to get it done. Okay. Mortgage bankers typically have their own portfolios, but what happens? is that most mortgage bankers in Tucson, and I kind of say this, they're probably fine on it, are glorified mortgage brokers because they're going to have portfolios other than just their own, and they do, and they tend not to keep their loans to service for a long period of time. You know how you close on a loan with company A but you pay somebody else? hmm the, the company that's servicing your loan. And what I mean by service, and that's where your payment is going to go for 20, 30, however many years, uh, unless they sell it to another company. Yes. So you have, you know people have a mortgage, then then a year or six months or later, they get a letter says and give them to somebody else. Well, that new company has bought that book of business from the old company. That, But everything about your mortgage should remain the same, other than yes. where you send your payment. So... That's kind of some of the things that people don't get. It's kind of getting a little deep, but it's helping people understand why, Ernest, why have my mortgage payment now got to be sent to someone else? Why I got to reset up my finances? or oh, why did they say I miss two payments? So in building trust, I try to say even when the loan is closed, no matter what it is, if you got a, a question, give me a call back so that I can answer that question because nine times out of ten, if I can't, don't know the answer, I can go research it for them. So being of a continuous service after I close the deal is another way I build trust with my clients.
4: Mm. Yeah, because then, the, then you have the referrals and then you have, you know, continued business and they'll keep coming back to you. And it's important, yeah. for real. Yeah. And then you know, just to touch All on right. that really quick too, there there's times where um, clients will go to, um, these builder homes, the or Leroy, oh, yeah.
2: and, yeah. you know, you,
4: you're, you're the sales oh, – one big thing that I really want to say that's super important for me is I need people to understand that wh- whoever is standing behind that desk at those places, they represent the builder, okay? Um, they, yeah. they also want you to use their lender, and they'll say, well, if you mm-hmm. use our lender, we'll cover your closing costs or we'll pay your closing costs. You know, I work with lenders that will pay for those closing costs, too, just to have that deal. You have to read the fine print. and, And even when you go into those builder homes, don't go in that office unrepresented. I do mostly resale of homes, which are homes that are already built and existing, but I am able to walk in with you into those builder homes and represent you. The person at the office represents the builder. It's like a lawyer. So the lawyer one lawyer represents the defendant, one the, the and the other one represents the state. You need your own lawyer in there. You need your own realtor. And those prices in those homes are negotiable. Those are not sticker prices That's stuck on the home. I can help you negotiate a better deal in a situation like that. And I can also try and get you a better rate with a lender than you having to use their lender. You can figure out what those lenders rates are, but but be be open to other options um, and Mm -hmm. see if you can get
0: better rates. And one thing that Michelle said about that I'd like to just speak briefly on is uh, I may allude to I'm the state president for mortgage professionals. One of the things at the national level, we have a legislative conference every year, and this year is in May 4th through the 7th. We go to D.C. and we meet with – where well, we attempt to meet with our House Representatives people. who normally end up sometime meeting with somebody who represents them, but we're advocating for the buyer and for the industry. And one of the things with the builders is that it's their, it's their property. They own it. So some of, the, some of the regulations that apply to us when it comes to what they can do, they can do more than we can, so they can offer better deal. But they discount the house, which may be mocked up in the beginning, That's been an ongoing struggle, or they may offer you some concessions that you can't get unless you work with them. So, you know, uh, whether that's unfair uh, practices or not, it's kind of like that's how we feel in the industry, like it shouldn't be there to be done. But on the other hand, it's legal. There's not anything unethical about it. It's just the way the laws are. And so having someone, when you go there, because if you have a challenge on your credit, and you just told that person representative everything about it, okay, and you can fix it somehow with another lender or broker, you just don't want to tell them everything about your financial situation because now they know how much money you got in the bank. They know how much you can afford wow. to pay. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to negotiate with somebody they know yeah. everything about you? You know nothing about them. Yeah. So yeah. People, people get good deals there, but but on average it's always best to have someone And that's where it's really important to have a realtor. In that case, to go there and say, "Look, here's what we want to give them." Now, if they're offering you some upgrades at ten thousand dollars, the lender can't compete with that. But on the other Uh hand, how much information do you want to give to the person who you're negotiating the price of the house with? Because they have a lot of latitude.
4: Realtor and outside lender. Real
0: important. Yeah.
4: And also an outside home inspector, though that home is brand new. You still want to yeah. go to the inspector period and make sure that that home has been put together correctly, and don't let them recommend an inspector. You get an inspector that is that is not a part of of that yeah. company.
0: Yeah, so as you can see, it's so interesting Mars, there's a lot of there's a lot of components that go in it all and it's not hard. it's just a matter of if I tried to learn your job, you know I'd be like, "Wow." but it's just so many little things go into, because if you look at the real estate industry, if you close your eyes and imagine how many people get paid when a home is built and when a loan is done,
2: Mm -hmm. the insurance
0: industry and the mortgage and the real estate industry are two of the industries that keep America going. Because when you build Mm -hmm. a house, look how many people get employed. And we live in a society Mm -hmm. where that's been captured and they've told us, hey, you're a homeowner, which makes more people want to buy a home, which creates more for the economy. If you think about how, so from the builders to the inspectors to the contractors to the real estate people to the title people to the mortgage people to the um, appraisers, there's so many people Mm -hmm. that get paid off of that single transaction.
2: Mm -hmm. Not
0: even to mention investors. So, it, it, real estate plays a very critical part in how our
2: business
0: yeah, functions from a financial perspective. So, if you, you know, and we're only a small, small part of that when you buy a home, but it could affect your overall, if you make a bad decision on it. I tell my clients, it's not like buying a suit or a pair of shoes or a dress. You can go donate it if you don't want it anymore. You stuck with it for a while.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that decision you make, you, <laughs> need, <laughs> you, need, you need to be
0: informed. Yeah.
4: And not doing it by yourself. Like, I think the most important part is for people that understand that, that are listening, that this is not a journey you take on your own at all. Like, you know, that's why my, my, my tagline always is, you know, better together. And I always say better together. Right. I can't do my job alone. I need, I need the lender. I can't do my job alone. I need my client. I need the title officer, which is the third party that closes a transaction. And even in my situation, what I love about the situation that I'm in is, though I'm newer in the industry, the team that I'm associated with has more than 20 years of experience. You know, whether you're hiring me to help you buy a home or you're hiring me to sell your home, I have 15 other agents that I work with, and I, I should say realtors. I have listing agents I work with. I have two transaction coordinators, which are the transaction coordinators are the ones, don't, they're the glue that keeps the transaction together. I have a marketing manager. I have um, a lady that does all our promotions. So it's not just me. It's not just me. I have a team leader. I have a mentor. I have a whole brokerage that I stand under. It's, it's, it bounces off what Mr. Jones is saying. More, so many people get paid off of one transaction, but those are the same people that are supporting you in your transaction. You know, I'm partnered up with a few home inspectors that are going to let us know what's the most important things, the safety issues in that home. We're partnered up with roofers. We're partnered up with contractors. Like it's 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 such a big industry, but it's such a big partnership it's a collaboration and it's just a delicate dance between all the parties
2: that's good our goal Mm -hmm.
4: our job is for you to make for it to be seamless in your eyes there's so many things that happen behind the scenes that you are not that the client is clueless of and we need you to know that this is all on your behalf we all want the transaction to close of course but we need you to take that first step and reach out to us because we 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 can help you. We we can help you, and we're we're not alone doing it.
0: And and Mrs. I Mars, really one thing you said you, earlier, I appreciate
2: mm-hmm. we you said
0: earlier that I I I don't know how we find a format, but you know, there's like use for example here in Tucson, the IMA, and I've gone to some of those. Mm-hmm. But just you I'm using that as an example is that. Everybody has to have somewhere to live, they have to have food to eat, uh, and they go to church, and we talk about financial responsibilities in churches. But one of the things I know that we neglect most in our community is a continuing form of ad, avenue, rather, where we can provide financial competence or uh, just financial information to the people that we pray with. We see people struggle. A lot of people come to you when it's too late, even if it's trying to save a home. A lot of senior citizens in our community being taken advantage by people coming by the community, taking the home without paying a lot for it. So you say, how do we create some more value? Is that to find the boldness to say, look, you don't have to come to this event, but I'm going to put on something that talks about your find your finances for the future, because I don't believe right. our institutions address it enough. But yet and still, you know, they may talk about your responsibility to give and to, and inside of the uh, churches, communities, which is where we typically go for guidance in the African-American community. That's changing now as we become more educated, live in a more aggressive society with social media. But for, for a lot of communities, unless you find a way to convey information like we're talking about, about the programs available, about fixing your credit, about whether you should be buying or not, how much you should be selling your house for, um, how much you should be considering buying. It's just not enough of that information being disseminated among the people. So most people are making their decisions in a vacuum. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Michelle. But it needs to be somebody who's willing to say, look, I have a form where you can come learn about this. If two people show up, two people show up. If nobody right. show up, then you talk right. to yourself and go. But at some point in time, theres I don't know anywhere where people can really get the same consistent story from people they can trust on a continuous basis. So what they get is they get broad, nebulous information that they don't know how to apply. So when they leave there, they say, well, what do we do? They don't get practical yeah. stuff. So I think that's the challenge of of saying, how do we do that on a continuous basis? So I really don't have an answer to that unless, you know, but that's just something for us to think of. And then it becomes you're not just doing business to make money. You're doing business because it's passionate to you. And as a result of that, people in my position, Michelle's position, we profit from that too, from helping others and from a financial perspective. But we got to find a way of getting this information out and financial literacy is one of the largest reasons that we suffer as a community.
2: And, you know, me and you, Mr. Jones, those, we can probably
4: figure that out too. I mean, I gave my uh, time one time at a church and had a buyer's workshop for them, and, um, you know, two of the ladies right now are looking, and um, that was good. You know, and, and, again, it's just pretty much about providing the information and, and trying to give exactly. the information out on a day that they're there already. So it wasn't so much Sunday right. because then you want to lunch afterwards or right. you want to spend time with family. But I right. did my buyers' shop at a church out here one time um, after Bible study, and uh, mm-hmm. that worked out because they were they were there already, you know, and they didn't need to exactly. come a, exactly. an additional time, you know, a third time that week to in, into the facility. So. Right. So maybe we, we definitely figure out a way to provide the the information for them. And, and again, it's just about providing their information in, in taking their information so that we can reach out to them, give them little tidbits here via email, send them little video messages, or even them being on Facebook with us, on social media with us, just so they can watch us and see how, how we're doing. You know, there's many ways to build a business, uh, but I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of my business point will come from social media, if I just continue to stay out there and continue to reach out and, and let the clients know that I'm here just, just to serve them.
0: Right. And I think it's real bold for uh, Mrs. Morris for you to do this because I think the little deviation from what you normally do. I hadn't heard it before, but, you know, uh, there's the opportunity for people to listen in and learn something that they typically wouldn't be exp- uh, have the opportunity to be exposed to. And I think it's just like right. advertising, you have to keep you have to keep giving them a little somebody else planting the seed. We may be planting the seed today for somebody mm-hmm. else to harvest later. But the whole point is is you mm-hmm. got to keep planting the seed if you want it to grow. Because planting it once or twice and going away from it for a year mm-hmm. is not gonna mm-hmm. very much good.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what tends
0: to happen. That's just what tends to it happen. Is. You know, you need to it is. whether you do it once a quarter because as long as we live whether we whether we want to accept it or not, we need oxygen and substance, but we money and finances sure come close to third or fourth. Mm. And That's people so powerful just have to right there. Yeah, and unless you keep it in front of us, you know, we're not gonna get the information. And it's just it's really sad a lot of times when people come to me. And I'm not just talking about people buying homes, but people losing their homes because they didn't know about a program. People do not understanding how reverse mortgage works. So now they die and leave the home to the kids who couldn't give them $50 a month. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many things. You know, you work your whole life. Now you're sitting on top of a property that's worth $150,000. You can't buy tires or dentures. But you leave the house to your kid who couldn't give you $50. I mean, there's so much lack of education that goes on. Because we just don't get defamation.
4: Those kids are also wearing $150 sneakers,
0: you know. It's (laughs) it's,
4: it's, it's where the the priorities are, you know, and and, and just knowing that we're a resource is really important because uh, the lenders that I work with also offer free credit repair. That's why I say they're advisors and they're financial planners because they're going to help you figure out your credit situation. Even if you end up not buying a house later, that's fine. Right. Now your credit is better.
2: Right.
4: You also tell people, right. well, they have, well, I have this, I owe this. I, and I tell them, again, I'm not a financial planner, but go ahead and print out that bank statement that month. Get two different color highlighters. One color is going to be need, and one color is going to be want. I want you to highlight everything you needed in one color and highlight everything you wanted in another color in your bank statement. Everything that you wanted that was not in need, there's the money for your credit repair right there. It's about making different choices and prioritizing what's important for you. I'm guilty of paying $5 for a coffee every day. Time that by 30 days out of the month. How much is that? That's, that's, the, money that mm-hmm. your, that's the money that you're behind on your debt. And and, and uh, did we go to McDonald's that day too and spend $10? where we could have bought a $5 rotisserie chicken on a loaf of bread and spent 6 spent instead of spending 20 at McDonald's and feeding the whole family. Like it's about the choices, the financial choices that you make. We're in debt because we put ourselves in that situation. We can get ourselves out of that situation. Allow us to help you through that process. When you come to me, you're not going to buy a home for another 6, 12, 18 months. Let's talk now. All of my friends that I try to get pre-qualified or to talk to a lender last year, I was new in the industry, so I I was not the person, you know, that they were trusting yet. Those are the same people now coming to me now this year saying, okay, I'm ready to talk to a lender. Do you know that you're a year behind? You might have been in a home already if you took my advice last year. So if you're thinking about buying, again, within the next 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, Reach out to me and Mr. Jones now, because hopefully if we can come up with a plan and home ownership is right for you this time next year, you can be in a home.
0: And Ms. Miles, I want to add one thing that I'd be quiet, so I know you're getting close to the end, is that when someone who's listening today, if you haven't done anything, here's where you can start, go get a checkup. Okay, you can start to check up in a very small way by just going on creditcomma.com credit you get you yeah. get two scores there. Now what that might do is shock you into "Wow, I didn't know my credit was like this," or "Wow, that shouldn't mm-hmm. be on my credit." That may shock you into there are various sources you can go out there. I recommend creditcomma.com because i that's yeah. why I refer people and they say, "I don't have any idea, but well, that's a good start. Okay, that's yes. like getting a machine, taking your own blood pressure, and say, wow, I need to go to a doctor. So I do that that's where you still. can start. And then the next thing is that if you, once you get that checkup, you decide what do I need to do to enhance or increase my opportunity for going out, buying a home if you want to buy a home, or how do I make my credit overall better. And I'm going to focus on credit when I, when I finish this that Credit impacts almost everything. Okay, yeah. As I said earlier. No, you rent a car. I mean, it's a, think about anything that you do financially that credit doesn't impact. So, what I like to do too is when I meet clients, I send them some credit information on how your credit score is put together, what's the components of it. People will tell you to pay a collection off, people will tell you to close this. Most people don't know.
2: Mm.
0: So, you've got to mm. go somewhere and find something that's documented. So, okay, how do I do this? Because you can read and read and read. You know how you can, used to be if you read something, you pretty much thought it was true, okay? Yeah,
2: yeah. But mm-hmm. now with,
0: with publishing can be done by anybody, you know? So had yeah. it been authenticated, validated, you know, you don't know that. So when I get doc stuff off the Internet, I go and look for sources and say, okay, because one person may say this, Dave Ramsey may tell you don't buy nothing unless you pay off everything, where well, if you don't make but $40,000 a year, you won't never have anything. I mean, it just yeah. depends you can't apply the absolutes except right. in very small circumstances. So what you want to do but first is get your check
4: up. The credit karma gives you, tells you what to do for it to be high impact or low impact. So, you know, don't Google right. it. Just pretty much do what the credit karma is telling you to do. You're not ready to talk <laughs> right. to anybody through the credit karma because it's going to tell you yeah. what's still what you have, what's closed, what's open, and if you follow the guidance, mm-hmm. that you, if you follow what the credit card is telling you to do, and you watch your score change every cycle or every month based on payments or skip payments that you're making or not making, you're going to see how each one of your financial moves impacts that credit score. And you're going to see it right in front of you on your little, on your little telephone.
0: Yeah, And that's just that's just just 'cause I like to give people something practical, do. The next thing I like to say to people do, if you haven't protected your family, investigate how you protect your family. Because none of us are guaranteed to meet our financial goals and objectives. And if you don't get there mm-hmm. then that house that you may have bought if you were there, your family never get it, or one that you may have bought after you struggle a long time they can't keep. Okay. Right. And then the third thing I would say, sit down with someone and map out your long-term financial plan, What, when do you, how much money you want to have. By, so even if you come up with just, I want to have $3,000 a month. Because the millennials, Social Security is not guaranteed to be there, okay? And they're not guaranteed to have retirement plans. So basically get you a checkup, make sure you're working on your credit, protect your family, and map out a long-term plan. Now, that's not something... That a normal lender or broker might say, but I'm going based on my experience. I was fortunate and lucked out. Even though I told you guys I have a master's in business, I worked on my PhD, didn't finish, and I learned a lot, most of my stuff I learned from a just getting spanked or watching other people get spanked. So now mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing is, is that if if I pass it on, it's because it's something I've seen, and the thing is that. I lucked out because I was in the U.S. Air Force and I stayed in long enough to get a retirement, a medical taken care of. But this is more than just about how to purchase a home, how to purchase real estate. This is how to take care of your family and meet your financial goals and objectives long term.
3: I think that's a good statement to end on because ultimately what it's about is protecting your family. That's how I look at it and making sure there is something, I would hope, left, which, you know, we don't – many of us suffer from that in many ethnic backgrounds and cultures. We don't have anything to leave for our children and our grandchildren, Our world debt normally, which I'm hoping to, you know, have something on financial planning for um, estate planning. Um, pretty soon, so mm-hmm. if either one of you would like to come back for that, I certainly would appreciate it um, because it, 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 we talk about, you know, the, the this broadcast with kingdom authority, but what I had to realize, it's not just spiritual. We have to be practical and doing things in the earth. You know, uh-huh. you can't just say, oh, the Lord will provide. Uh-huh. Okay, but he's giving you gifts <laughs> and he's giving yeah. you talents. Yeah. To make this happen, and we don't utilize that, and so that's what this is about as well. So I appreciate you all. What what final comments do you all want to leave with the people on today? And let me just say this: um, those who are listening, I've gotten some of your te- texts and your and your Facebook messages. Thank you so much, and your shares for this program. I've just seen those. Um, just saw those on. Um, on Facebook, we will share their page so you can make sure to contact them, send them a message. Make sure to, if you're planning to go into any type of property, real estate, I don't care what it is, make sure you contact mm-hmm. these two so you can start the process. That, that's the real thing that I want to. Hear me, you all. I'm not getting anything out of this, but I am getting something out of the outcome because it's so, this tells me that you all are, really going to, are going to take the right steps. And if that's the case, if, even if it's education, at least start yeah. that process. That's what I really want people to have because I I know that I have been helped by both of them, and I want to share that same thing. So make sure you go on the Facebook pages. Make sure you go on the website. Um, we'll post that up sometime this, this week so that you can connect with with these two. So any final words before we go into that?
4: So I just piggybacked off of your post. So if they go to your post, they'll see my information. Just if any of you have questions about anything about home ownership or where to start or if you want to start looking at property, my direct number is 520-474-9064. You can call me or text me, whatever is easiest for you. Um, I also put my email address on there if any of you have questions. You can message me your questions if you want. And then I put my website on there, which is www.michellesoldtucson.com. When you click on that website, it will allow you to put your criteria in to look at property. But also if you're thinking about selling your property, it will give you like a generic evaluation. And once I see that on there, I can call you and give you a more... Uh, comparative market analysis and let you know what the value of your property is. You know, even if you're not thinking about selling your house, it's always important to know um, what position you stand in and, and what the value of your home is in, in today's market. So I'm, I I just want to be a resource for everyone and just know my, my – the chances of you coming up to me and telling me you're ready to buy, that's not my expectation. Any day I wake up, that's not my expectation. My expectation is just to uh, guide you, advise you, and provide you with with valuable information with any of your real estate needs.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Mr. Jones, any okay, last words? Like
0: my last words is I just share my name and number, uh, Ernest Jones Jr. Five two zero nine eight two nineteen fifty eight. What I would ask most out of this is, if you've heard, you know that's different between being ignorant and just not knowing. Now, I'm using I want to use another word, but your ignorance is erased once you've been exposed mm. to information. So what I want to what, what I would like is that if you haven't had a checkup, when I said a fancy checkup. Go to Credit Karma, like I said earlier. Uh, if you say you love your family, protect your family. Um, if you, as long as you live, you're going to need money. So as long as you live and plan for your future, sit down with someone to do that for you. If in the event of doing those things, you decide that you want to buy a home, or you considering, call me. Even if you want to do some of those things I just said and you don't know where to start, give me a call. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is affiliate myself with I started an organization a few years ago called How, and you see on my email, it's earnings that helping others win, and I didn't continue with that, but How, under the umbrella of How, I wanted to have someone from every discipline. You know, I had a dentist in it, I had a judge in it, I had a real estate person in it, I had a traveler person in it, and I kind of let it go. But in the process of doing that, I've affiliated myself with people almost in every profession. So if you call and say, I mm-hmm. need help on this, yeah. then what I would do. And, and I thought about maybe going back, you know, so and how over again, it's H-O-W, but helping others win. But I'm sincere about providing accurate and reliable information regardless of what your goals and objectives are. So if you need any help, if you have a relative uh, who's struggling with their mortgage payment, don't have a down payment, if you have a mom or dad who's not sure about a reverse mortgage, you just want some information, or if you wanted to compare some information which you heard from somebody else, then give me a call. I'm not in the business of stealing clients from other people. If a person is giving you good, solid information, the first thing I ask you, are you happy with that person? They said, yeah, okay. So you're just looking for additional information to validate and to make sure what you're doing is correct. Great. So i just like to say uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. This is Jones Morris. I really appreciate it. I didn't know how this was going to go, but it's been a great experience.
3: And yes. I thank you very much. Awesome. Well, you know, more, you're more than welcome to come back any other time. Um, I do want to do some more settings, probably not like this, but something what we talked about in an open forum um, with people, especially in the Tucson area. Um, I know I have several people that need this information, but hopefully they'll start by listening to this broadcast, and then we'll go from there. So I appreciate the both of you. Um, I'm going to wrap this up now. Listen, people, thank you so much for joining in. I hear you. The suggestions that you keep giving me, I'm working on them. We will get to them. This is one of those suggestions, and I'm so glad we were able to meet your needs. That's what this is about, meeting the needs. But don't just listen to this information just because you want to listen to it. Take this information, move forward in your life, and live Abundantly. You can do this. This is not just about those who are in the business, but it's about helping you. It's a service. And so I want you to know that we're listening. So if you have suggestions, definitely send them to me. I will continue to provide the information for you. It's about taking kingdom authority in your territory, and I am your host. Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris, so glad you were able to join me on this wonderful evening. Listen, next week we have Biblical Scandals coming up with Coach Tim again. I know you all are asking, where's she been? She's coming back every fourth Sunday. Don't forget that. Every fourth Sunday she's here. And I got a special episode on something I'm releasing on the 28th of this month you do not want to miss this I'm telling you I want everyone to tune in on the 21st and also the 28th definitely the 28th because you will be the first to listen in to some new music from me and so I can't wait for that I'm excited about that actually I love you all and there's nothing you really can do about it I'm going to love you anyway. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining. (laughs) Um, My brother, Ernest, I appreciate you so much. And my sister, Michelle, thank you so much for coming. We'll be in touch soon. God bless you. Okay. God bless.
0: Bye-bye.